A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 779 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, talented, raring to go, Brittany Page, everybody. Oh, what happened to Scholarly? Scholarly, too. Okay. Good time. Taking away one of my characteristics. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Give it back. Um... Happy President's Day. Oh, it is. Federal holiday. It is. Working hard on this ever-important holiday. Well, we are President's working hard Day. because we've been running around trying to get the uh, podcast room up and ready for uh, us to record in it and video record in that it right. as well. And we have a table that's likely going to be delivered on Wednesday. Oh, is that right? They, they gave you a date? Well, sometime this week, likely Wednesday. Tentative, that's good. And then we need to get chairs and get some stuff on the walls. Stuff we already have, but we just need to get it on the walls in a way that doesn't damage the walls. Yes. And and we're getting closer. It's exciting. I am... Well, one, it's nice for me because we've been doing everything from the YouTube studio. I mean, it's weird to... Anyway... And now it's starting to empty out in there mm-hmm. and fill up in here, mm-hmm. and I'm digging it. Yes. I'm digging it a lot. So we asked the listeners for questions before we moved, and I don't know if you know, but we had kind of a hectic move, yeah. and so things <laughs> kind of went a little uh, unexpectedly disorganized, and we never did the Q&A episode yeah the, the, they asked me anything episode that we were going to do in place of missing content because we we're going to be on the road yes and so because today's a federal holiday mm-hmm. everybody's relaxing taking some time off hopefully celebrating the many presidents who were born in february and if you're not we're hope we hope you have a good day at work not everybody can relax. Yeah, it's a joke. Nobody celebrates President's Day. Mm-hmm. What'd you do for the holiday? <laughs> well, if you do have the day off, you probably are celebrating in some way, but not President's Day, just having a day off. Right, right. right. Yeah. It, that is a celebration yes. anytime you can get it. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So in in, in celebration of this momentous holiday, mm-hmm. we're going to do the AMA. Yes. We, we did get a handful of questions. Mm-hmm. And we are going to proceed with those. 
Hi, Jesse and Brittany. It is so gutsy to move 3,000 miles away. Here's a few questions. I'm going to read them all at once, and then we're going to go through them one by one. Is this move temporary, permanent, or to be determined? Do you miss the weather here in Southern California? I live in SoCal. Now it's hard for me to imagine living anywhere else. I grew up in Philadelphia and was not a fan of the weather there. I look forward to your shows. The shows are nuanced, which I appreciate. Smart, funny, informative, and interesting. I enjoy listening to things about your personal lives as well as the news and your opinions. I love your authenticity. My understanding is that you plan to have guests. Can you talk more about that? Will the podcast format change a lot? I love the way the man says, good looking listeners. Who is that man? It cracks me up. I wish you both health, wealth, success, love, and joy. Thanks, Cynthia. Well, Cynthia, Mm -hmm. thank you for the questions. We appreciate them. Uh, Just because it was one of the final ones. The man who reads our Patreon mid-roll drop yes. is a guy named Jeremy Henson mm-hmm. who hosts a podcast that may be in hiatus, I'm not sure, called Jeremy and Brian Tried a Podcast. Yes. And he has been a pal mm-hmm. for many years now. It's so crazy that we have these people that we've we've only met occasionally, like at group events or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or never met. In in some cases, we've yeah. met Jeremy though at yeah. uh, at Jeremy and Christie's um, reception, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So I just you know he's he's a podcaster, and I send him a script, and he recorded some stuff. I've done some some drops and recording for him, and you know when you're in the biz, <laughs> meaning independent podcasting, you got to source where you can source, and um, we've helped each other out. So yeah, he's a great guy, and uh, he he did a great job. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we well, appreciate that. Well, let's work our way backwards since that's what you're doing. The next question was uh, about the guests. Can you talk more about that? Will the podcast format change a lot? And the answer is no. We've had guests on actually, I think, pretty early on in starting the show. We oh, would periodically sure. have guests on the show, interview people about their books or their line of work or their activism or being a Trump supporter. So... You know, whatever, whatever is something that we think the audience will appreciate, benefit from, learn from. We we have those people on, and those shows are obviously a lot different than our typical show. But we're not planning on having guests on every time. We're still going to keep the format of the regular show and add in more guest episodes more often. Yeah, is, yeah. is the goal. Yeah, those those episodes we used to do, we used to consider them bonus episodes. We've mm-hmm. even when we had a Patreon, we've always had I think we've only done one Patreon only episode. Yeah. But I'm not I don't really like doing that. Mm-hmm. I like making our content free and then especially relative to Patreon, if people want to support us and help produce what we do, then they're a part of that, making the content free for everybody. Yeah. Um, I know that doesn't work for everybody. I, some people do like having stuff behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just, we, we've come to the conclusion together, Brittany and I, that that's not for us. So going forward, we are going to be doing, we've reached out to a few different people. We, we, we want to start having more people on the show for those standalone lengthy interviews mm-hmm. and we're going to start doing that more often yeah especially now that we have a dedicated space we're in the city of washington dc and we can have people over in studio to both do the audio and hopefully and video version of it so. yeah for sure 
So, do you miss the weather here in Southern California? Nope. <laughs> Not at all. The answer is definitely no. I am. I was just talking to someone who was was mentioning that they miss the sun, and like during the winter time, they miss the sun. They start to have kind of a negative emotional experience, some depression coming in when they aren't in the sun and it's not summertime. And I am the complete opposite. I try to hide for this from the sun. When there is sun on my skin, I start getting panicked and I don't want it near me. She's not being hyperbolic. <laughs> you, you don't like the sun. No, I don't. No. And I don't like sweating. It's why I didn't work out yeah. for a long time. I don't like to sweat. <laughs> I don't like to feel... Like any semblance of discomfort. <laughs> if you could live in a world that was 68 degrees with yeah. optimal humidity, yeah, <laughs> you, that would be perfect for you. Well, so that's another thing. I saw a tweet and they asked, what do you keep your thermometer at during the winter months? And someone said like 82 to 85 degrees what? or something, which is like a sauna. I mean, that's horrifying. That's like self-emulation that's like torture not only that that's expensive i mean that has to be expensive and well unless they're running a wood stove or something yeah and i thought well we keep it at 65 yeah 65 or below yes people are not going to believe that but that is sometimes if i want a little heat treat i'll turn it up to 69 that's too hot it's too much and then i turn it back down but just a little heat treat occasionally a heat treat I like the little, little heat treat. Yeah. I, on the other hand, well, we agree on how we like it. What I was going to say is that it's great during the wintertime because it gives you a reprieve from high bills. Yeah. But come the summertime, mm. not so great when you want your house at 65. We don't have it during at 65 during the, during the summertime. Yeah. But certainly... 68 to 70. We try our best. Yeah. And that on gets the expensive worst, too. On the worst days, so it, it lays off the, the energy use. We'll try to keep it at 71 or, but that's, I mean. Yeah. You start to have to uh, pick your priorities. Do you want to have more money in your pocket or you want to be comfortable? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. So do we miss the weather here in Southern California? There in Southern California. There in Southern California. No, we do not. It was the what? Listen, it, we've had multiple conversations with Uber drivers since we've been here because they're like, oh, you know, talk about the city, whatever. Oh, we just moved here. Oh, where'd you move from? Oh, Southern California. Oh, you must miss the weather. Nope, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they're all. It's always perplexing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's no. I like I like the cold. I'm like every picture we took mm-hmm. when we got here in the snow, and then we had our snow hats on, and I'm standing there with the jacket on. People are like, uh. You really picked a bad time to move. I'm like, mm-hmm. We picked the best time to move. Well, I think we missed the storm, which is lucky and a good thing. You mean the storm? The you winter storm. That we came ahead of it. And once yes. it, when it got here after us. Exactly. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But but as far as coming in winter, winter time, oh, I'm no, no, no. Yeah. super pleased that we got here when it was cold. I love, I still get freaked out looks when I walk around like in a t-shirt and it's 38 degrees. You eventually put your coat on. Well, I, because people are staring like I'm a freak show. <laughs> no, and you eventually get cold. Let's admit well, it. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, we went out to dinner one night and sat on a patio. Yeah. And it was legit 34 degrees outside, and I didn't I didn't bring a coat, mainly because I thought we'd be sitting inside, but then when we got there, it was way too full inside that restaurant to eat comfortably. Yeah. 
with COVID. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I toughed it out and n- <laughs> nipped it out, as it were. Yeah. Okay. And then Cynthia's last question: Is this move temporary, permanent, or to be determined? It is permanent. I mean, that's everything's to be determined. Yeah, I think everything is to be determined because we have left the door open for if we don't like it as much as we thought yeah, we would or sure. whatever, yeah. then we can decide on an alternative. But for now, the plan is to stay. Yes. And, and so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to be um, closer to Capitol Hill ge- geographically. But we're loving the city, and uh, there's a lot that it offers. I mean, there's a lot of drawbacks. There's a lot of things that are just different, not good or bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. So. yeah. so thank you, Cynthia, for the very kind words. Thank you for your support of the show. And we appreciate you. Thank you for sending a question. Jesse, I think you have a question. We're going to alternate, maybe. Is that what we're going to do? I do. In fact, uh, this question involves me plugging this drive back in, which is clicking on and off and making noise. So eh, I can't hear that. Well, we're in a new setup. Oh, you can't hear it when it goes doot, doot, doot. I, I didn't hear anything sounds? just now. No, oh, no, no, no. Before. I, anyway, yeah. this is Paul in Michigan. He says, I've always gotten a kick out of the drops you play. What are your favorites? And how do you decide when to make a drop? Uh, and then keep it in rotation. Sorry. You're the one who reads, so that's why. Okay. So what I'm going to do, because we're on a new computer and we have a new setup here. Did you hear that? Yes. Okay, so that's the drive plugging in. So uh, I'm just going to go through and <laughs> talk about the... Well, first of all, let's ask, answer the questions. Okay. Um, how do we, how do we um, decide... What are your favorites? How do you decide when to make a drop and then keep it in rotation? I'm a fucking mess. This is why you read, read, by the way. Okay, well, let's answer how do we decide. I think typically we will just be having conversations and maybe there's a a show that we reference a lot or a scene in a movie that we reference a lot and then we think, you know, that might be a funny drop on the show because we could see it being applicable for different conversations that we have. Yes. And so then we decide to get it and try it. Now, I will say that sometimes Jesse gets a little trigger happy with the drops. Yes. And especially when he kind of dips his toe in the drop pool, I think that's what gets him really excited. Like he'll do one and I'll laugh really hard, and then he just yeah, and then he I go loves overboard. that. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like, "I want more of that feeling," and he doesn't get that feeling because well, the laughter does not. Continue. When we first started the show, <laughs> we I mean, we didn't ever want to run this as like a wacky morning zoo. Everybody, traffic and weather to gather on the sixes. We never wanted to do that, but certainly yeah. we wanted it to have a familiar feel with some humor, and a great way to in- inject that is, I think, drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially if we're calling on previous moments, like callbacks from previous moments on the show, which we started doing pretty early on. Yeah. Because when we first started, I mean, you may not th- think we're professional now, but we certainly weren't fucking professional eight years ago when we started. Mm-hmm. And like, there are moments where you would be reading and you would flub something. Yeah. And I've kept all that stuff that I don't know we've ever played on the show and may, might not even now. Yeah. But I love... Extortion purposes. For me, my favorites are the Britney drops that some of you have already heard. Um, you know. I'm not prepared. You know, like like that one. Yes. Well, and that happens too, where it's just something that's spontaneous on the show and we decide 
let's get a drop for that. But I now now you're making me think, Jesse, about some of the inspiration, which I think comes from Loveline because I was raised by Loveline and they often used drops. There was a producer, I think his name was Anderson, who would do the drops on Loveline. And I think that is where some of the inspiration for using drops came from as well. Probably. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we, we, we did talk about how we were going to, what kind of a show we wanted to do and how we were going to do it and yeah. everything else. But there's been blooper moments that I've kept that we'll, we'll keep between us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that we will not. Well, 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 I'll just play the one. This was early, the early on. One. Huh? <laughs> the- well, the one. We'll play the one The one that I always play or used to play for people mm. and annoy them with, with the drops. But this was Brittany reading in the beginning. And we've, we've both talked about having the educational backgrounds that we have and how specifically you, Brittany, you read, you learned to read by just reading and not having people tell you how to pronounce words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a product of that that I thought was funny and saved it while editing. Quote, a nominate, a nominate, a nominated, a nominity, a nominity, a nominity. Anonymity? Anonymity. Oh, my God. <laughs> the stress of listening to that is oh, absolutely horrifying. So good. Yeah, so sometimes reading is hard for me, but I will get it figured out eventually. So (laughs) that is how we find the drops and where inspiration comes from with the drops. So good question from Paul, I think you said? That's right. right. Paul in Michigan. Okay, our next questions, I think we have... She's not a Christian! (laughs) And that's got to be your favorite, right? Well, it's definitely it's definitely up there. You said it was Paul's favorite too, right? No, I didn't say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so these next two questions I'm going to blend together because they're kind of similar. So, um I will read Taylor's question first. Hey Jesse and Brittany, listener of the podcast and Patreon subscriber here. I know you both are probably insanely busy with the move, but I wanted to see if Brittany had any type of book favorites/recommendations list. No offense to Jesse for not asking about his favorites list. <laughs> I am, Very offended. I am about to finish Educated and am desperate to find something new and interesting to read. No rush whatsoever. I just wanted to check. Also, my husband and I are stoked that you are moving to D.C. We are in Virginia Beach and would love to meet up sometime if you both would be interested. We have actually, this year, we'll see how COVID goes, but this year... We would like to do a little bit of like regional traveling to see if we could gin up enough interest into watching a live show or or doing something like that. So you you never know. Yeah. Anyway, have a safe trip and a nice holiday. Brittany is the best part. Taylor. And I don't have the other drops up like we normally do. Otherwise, Brittany's the best part. And then we have Click. then we have from Carly. Hey guys, can y'all list some of your favorite books and movies from this year? I'd love to hear them. And remember, this was like a end of the year episode, so that's yeah, what Carly right. was referencing. Because um, we moved on December twenty eighth. Yes, so it's still last year. Yes, so Taylor and Carly asking about favorite books and movies. Well, Taylor isn't asking you, Jesse, but we'll loop you in anyway. Uh, <laughs> You know, for movies, it's kind of hard for me to think about what movies I watched because we weren't really going to the movie theater 
last year. And it's like a different experience when you watch a movie from your home. Yeah, but I do I do remember we went to see a quiet place. Quiet place too. Quiet place too. And the reason that I have a memory of that is one, because that movie was very good, but also because uh, Popeye, (laughs) he had just gotten his diagnosis and we were very obsessive about looking at the cameras in the house anytime we left because we were worried about him. Yeah. And so as soon as we get out of the movie theater, we get in the car and we're driving home and I pull up the camera in our bedroom to see if he was in there because he wasn't downstairs. And so I'm like, okay, maybe he went upstairs to go into the bedroom and I open the camera. And as soon as I click view live view, it's pitch black in the room. And I see Popeye walking, crossing the view yeah, of yeah, the camera yeah. Well, it's, it's infrared or whatever, night vision. So you, you see him yeah. come right into frame as soon as you turn it on. Yeah. And then he goes up his ramp, which we had on the side of the bed, covered in a yoga mat. So it gave him some traction to get up in the bed easier. And then he just sat in the bed and kind of looked around the room like... Great. Waiting. Yeah. Where are they? Why aren't they here? He like, <laughs> he, he stood up and, and stayed, sat up for a while. Yeah. Looking around, waiting for us to show up. Very impatient. Yeah. And then finally laid down. We have screenshots of this. This is what we'll put for the thumbnail for the episode. Is If we can find the screenshots on your phone. Yeah. Of that particular. Yeah. <laughs> of that night. If we can find it. Key phrase there, if we can find it. So that's one that came to me. Also, another movie that we watched isn't really new, but one that sticks out from last year is Awakenings with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. Awesome, awesome movie. Which then prompted me to buy the book Awakenings by Oliver Sacks. And Oliver Sacks is great. Everything that he has written is fantastic. Even his columns online that he would write, I think, in the New York Times were fantastic. So anything Oliver Sacks is great. But uh, watching the movie prompted me to buy Awakenings and read Awakenings, and that was really good. So if you're looking for a book recommendation, I do recommend that. Taylor men- uh, mentioned Educated. Which you've read. Yeah, Educated by Tara Westover is another fantastic book. Very, very good book. If you are looking for a true story of someone who escaped their circumstances and tells a complicated story, doesn't just make it seem like they were able to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. She's also written some great uh, columns in the New York Times, one pretty recently about the role of luck and uh, how the ideology of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is not useful or helpful. So, or, or like make oh you you've lived the American dream. You're you're part of of why America is great because you can make it too. That yeah. that kind of nonsense. Yeah. Another book I would recommend is Calling Bullshit: The Art of Skepticism in a Data Driven World by Carl T. Bergstrom and Jevin D. West. And how I heard about this book was through a website called callingbullshit.org. And the premise of the work that these two professors put out is to help people assess information without the formal education necessary to do that. So giving you kind of quick tips for assessing how something is true or not true, whether it be in the media or a scientific article. So it's kind of like quick tips to help you 
just determine if something is bullshit. I mean, that's why it's yeah, called yeah, yeah. calling bullshit. And so I think it's uh, pretty straightforward, good information to to have in your back pocket when you are existing online, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just do one more book recommendation. And this is an author we're trying to get on for an interview. And uh, he is a suicide researcher. His name is Rory O'Connor. And the book is When It's Darkest, Why People Die by Suicide and What We Can Do to Prevent It. Very great book that takes on a lot of myths about suicide and ways that we can start a discussion, an open discussion about what the factors are that are influencing people to take their lives. So really great book. We're going to, we're trying to get him on right now. We're trying to get something scheduled. We're in contact. So stay tuned for that. And this is why, by the way, we want to do more interviews is to promote more of the stuff that we are reading, the stuff that we are into and help get that information into a a wider audience. Yeah, like for instance, I haven't reached out yet, but Gary Chambers Jr., the Senate candidate in Louisiana, I've done two videos about him, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's somebody I want on the show. Yeah. So I'm I'm tempted just to reach out and say, hey, listen, next time you're in D.C., why don't you come in studio and let's let's sit down for a half hour, 45 minutes, and and talk about your candidacy and what you offer for uh, the state of Louisiana. Yeah, for sure. All that's good. That's all stuff we're looking forward to this year, and... uh, Maybe we should start remembering the movies and specifically the books as a recommendation. I mean, going forward this year, if a book really resonates with you or me, we're going to really have an effort to to get that person on the show who wrote the book. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you for the question. Uh, Next up, um, I was so sorry to hear about your good boy Popeye. Are you considering getting another dog now that you are settled in your new home in D.C.? Maria in Texas. Mm. Well, it's a long and complicated story. Mm-hmm. Not too long. Not like, oh, we can't tell it. But <laughs> we we obviously, we miss Popeye very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a pretty dramatic loss as I get emotional even now. <clears throat> talking about him we love that goddamn dog a lot we love that dog and we reached out to a few breeders we wanted to be responsible about getting a dog we don't know that going rescue is for us right now again Mm -hmm. because i'm not i don't know that i could handle another in two or three years losing a dog that you've absolutely just fallen in love with. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we have reached out to a few breeders and um, coincidentally so, one just recently reached out that we had, we had gotten back to and said, hey, listen, um, this is reputable champion lines, genetically tested, there's a guarantee. It's not a backyard. I mean, I think the audience would know. We would never do something like that. Mm-hmm. And they reached out and they said, hey, listen, we were expecting three puppies mm-hmm. and we got a bonus puppy mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't accounted for. So we are getting a puppy. Yep. We're getting a puppy. The end of next month. Yes. So we are very excited. And like you said, I think we've been very conscious about the fact that we're not going to forget about Popeye. It's not a replacement. I think. In the past, we tried to move on really fast when we had kind of the temporary foster situation with Keith. 
And we knew we needed more time to process because there's a lot of comparison that comes up. You know, I remember looking at the foster dog that we had and thinking, you're not Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) You don't do what he did. You don't act like him. You don't smell like him. Who are you? You're an imposter. You are a fucking imposter. You know, like, and and that's not fair. That's not fair to do to a dog. And so I think now we've given ourselves enough time to heal. Really, that's what was necessary is to heal. And I think that that has happened and we've decided on a name, which is not Keith. It is not Keith. And people are probably not going to like it. A lot of people probably won't like it. Well, the good thing is who fucking cares what people like, how we name our dog. (laughs) Um, Can I say? Yeah. It is Sweepy, Mm -hmm. S-W-E-E apostrophe P-E-A. Yeah. Which is Popeye Connected. Yeah. Because in the cartoon, Sweepy is the 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 son or daughter son of of Popeye and Olive Oil. Yeah. So obviously this has no familial relation, no genetic relation to Popeye, but it'll always keep Popeye in our minds. Yes. So Sweepy is the name and uh we pick her up on uh March 28th, the end of March. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Looking forward to it. There will be social media. There obviously will be an inundation, a a a a flood of photos. So we we would love it if you would also join us in the journey of having Sweepy and her life and blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it was important to us to ensure that we went a route that wasn't contributing to the problems that exist for bulldogs because that's why these rescue organizations exist for bulldogs because they are abused through breeding practices because the puppies are very cute and you can make money selling the puppies. Yeah. And so that's what backyard breeders try to do is they jack up the price and they use these dogs to have cute puppies, but they breeding, breeding, um, family like like brothers and sisters together just to try to get as many puppies as they can they have all kinds of insane genetic problems right and and health problems and that's what Popeye had I mean yeah. he had he had skin issues he had joint issues His he ears. had eye issues ear issues and it was chronic and we were constantly spending money on it we were constantly at the vet I mean I would tell my friends how often we were at the vet with Popeye and it's like they thought that there was like a Munchausen by proxy situation going on because <laughs> like how, how could it even be possible that he has this many problems? In every know? visit. I mean, I remember like wishful thinking, like we would go to the vet and I would, I was like, Oh, how much is it going to cost? Oh, this will probably be only a couple hundred dollars. Oh, we never got out of the vet for under a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very expensive to have a dog that has chronic health problems that are created by terrible breeding practices. And so this is a, a good opportunity, I think for us to talk about that. If you're going to go the route of getting a puppy, you have to make sure you're doing it in a way that is ethical and responsible so that these puppies are not then, birthed into the world with chronic health problems and then cast aside when they're five, six, because they're too expensive to take care of, which is the situation that Popeye was in yeah, and that many other older dogs that have chronic health problems are in. So we want to make sure we're doing something that's, that's not going to end up in that situation. Yeah. And yeah. we are, we, we, yeah. we've done our due diligence and we're, we're actually very excited. Yeah. So we, uh, 
we welcome you on the journey of our excitement. <laughs> All right. Here... Thank you, Maria. We appreciate the question very much. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Here is the next question. Hi, everybody. My question is simple. How much money is keeping that ex-president from getting arrested? Thanks, guys. Love your show. Good luck in D.C. How much money is keeping him from getting... Oh, you like he's paying people off. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think... Um, I think that the lack of action is because of lack of appetite. I think that people, they don't want to, we don't want to be perceived like we're just persecuting the, the, the political opponents when that is clearly not what is at stake here. That's clearly not what is happening here. Mm-hmm. The world, the world, the world witnessed Donald Trump's crimes. We have documented um, cases of multiple cases of obstruction of justice. We know anybody who's looking at it clearly knows that it's not just political retribution. So I don't think it's that he's paying people off. I think it's that the Democrats are too worried about the perception of it and not worried enough about actual justice and consequence for for someone who is um, an anti-democratic authoritarian force in our country that will stop at nothing to get back in power, including destroying the very nation he claims to want to lead. Well, I think you're certainly seeing Democrats starting to put pressure on the Justice Department to start handing out consequences in an equal way. Yeah, yeah. Adam Schiff is starting to get louder about it. Yep. I, I feel like it's starting to bubble up, but not certainly not to the point where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're even, definitely doing it. <laughs> I've been screaming about it for a long. In fact, you know, it's been um, not a problem for me, but certainly a lot of pushback. It, it, more before when I was doing it, like, where's the Justice Department? Where's Merrick Garland? Where the fuck is Merrick Garland? Yeah, not as much anymore. People have kind of come around, like, oh, I don't know what, whether it's the influence of my voice or or just like they're also now frustrated. But I still occasionally see the comment of, well, maybe they're doing something in secret and they're going, yeah, great. And then Biden leaves office. And then where was this secret thing that never came to fruition? It must be nice to be those people. It's very weird, wishful thinking. It must be nice, though. Oh, my team's in place now. My team is on is at bat. All kinds of good stuff is going to happen. Just give them time. Just give them time until the 11th hour. And then what? Right. Just endless benefit of the doubt. Yeah, well, it's the exact same thing Republicans do for Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, that's not what he meant to say. Yeah. He meant to say this. Mm-hmm. It is. It's just wishful thinking. Team think. Yeah. In group think. Yeah. Gross. I'm not into it. So there was no name in the body of that email, and we don't read names unless they are in the body of the email. So thank you for that question, and we will assume you wanted to remain anonymous. And the same is true for this question. Who has to blink for decency? Each political side spends more time trying to score points in opposition to the other side rather than something for the people. When do you start making judgments based on values rather than interests? Take the latest comments from Jesse Waters. We all know he's an idiot and shouldn't have said kill shot, but not because regular people don't know what he means, but rather his idiot followers might not. But it is so easy for the Republicans to go after Maxine Waters for previous poor choice comments. Where is the outrage for all comments? It all seems fake. One side probably needs to have a set of values and not so easily push them aside for a quick victory in one issue. Battle versus the war. 
I enjoy your show, even as a Canadian. Good luck. R.D. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it. Uh, I fully agree. And while I'm going to criticize Democrats here following what I say, it should be it should be just known by everybody that Republicans are dirty, filthy hypocrites, and they are <laughs> far worse at this. I'm not trying to both sides, but I, I, I firmly agree with the sentiment that, for instance, if we're going to complain about D- Donald Trump mishandling classified information, sensitive information, documents, if we're going to complain about uh, Ivanka Trump using a personal email address to do to to do government business, then we must also believe that Hillary Clinton did a wrong thing. And it's okay to say, listen, we we think you're great. We we think I don't think she's great, but if you do, you would say this. <laughs> yeah. That we 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 trust you. We think you're a great leader, but you can't have a private email server in your home that is under your control that you're running government business through. Nope. That's not how it works because everyone needs to follow the standards of what the rules are. Everybody needs to be held to those same standards. Mm-hmm. And if you are a decent, good, uh, uh, upright, noble leader, you will want to follow the rules. You won't think that there's a separate set of rules for you because you're Hillary Clinton or because you're Donald Trump. You don't think that. You think the rules are the rules and they're for me too because I'm no better or no more special than anybody else. So I wholeheartedly agree, R.D., uh, and because you don't have a dog in the fight because you're in Canada, you know, maybe you you agree too. Well, and I think politicians kind of count on the partisanship that exists in the bases yeah. to keep themselves protected and keep themselves going. And unless that lets up, unless the actual people that make up the party adopt the ability that you just described to be able to criticize their own, I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of changes when it comes to behavior of politicians. Maybe it's naive on my part, but I'm just coming around in the last year to believing that to be true. Mm -hmm. That politicians, they don't accidentally benefit from the the both sides scene and the team aspect of politics. They rely on it. They know mm-hmm. that it's, I mean, they're, they're ginning it up. And that's something I'm coming around to, so. Well, and you, for example, criticizing Hillary Clinton or not liking Hillary Clinton, that shouldn't cause a fellow Democrat to say, hmm, is he really a liberal? Is he really in oh, this I get party? that all the time. It should, it should prompt within them, huh, why, why is a fellow liberal so open about his dislike yeah, for Or Hillary Andrew Clinton? Cuomo. Yeah, and what does that say? Should I maybe like look into why that's the case rather than this knee jerk thing of whoa, you can't talk about her like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I get that a lot though. Oh, you're still the Republican, blah 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 blah. And look, I, I, I try to be honest with myself and open with myself about what my biases are, especially related to the Clintons, mm-hmm. because I grew up really having insane distaste for them. Yeah, but. You know, even a dog's right twice when the clock turns on the fucking thing or whatever the fuck the saying is. (laughs) And Bill Clinton is a rapist. So I just happened to be right about it, even though it was based on wild, insane 
conservative thought. Allegedly? Allegedly. I don't have the drop thing open because I'm on my laptop and okay. I need to transfer all the stuff over. Yeah, allegedly. 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 And then also, that's all the fuck we need as, he is, a, as a drop. He is, no, he is a credibly accused rapist. That covers us. Okay. Credibly accused. Yeah. And if you don't believe it and you want to spend some time actually do, doing some research on it, go listen to the to the, the the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton slow burn about the Whitewater thing and all of that. It's slow burn. It's a slate podcast. And they're liberals. And they cover it very even-handedly. So here we are. Yeah. Anyway. So that is all. We Listen. I like doing these. Mm-hmm. One, it's kind of easy because I don't have to, not a lot of segues. I'm not, where do we go doing ad breaks now that we're doing a few ad breaks? Mm-hmm. We didn't even do a Patreon mid-roll, which is fine. We'll save it for next time. We do have some new people. We thank you for your support very much. Absolutely. If you would like to ask a question, we can still, you know, bank some questions. Yeah. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Texting is a thing on the phone number two, 657-464-7609. And um, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We do. If you would like to support the show, help produce what we do here, making our straight-up interview shows and our regular numbered episode news-centric shows, you can go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. And there you can um, contribute for as little as two bucks a month. You can help support what we do here. And every little bit goes a long, long way toward uh, supporting and producing what we do, keeping the lights on, keeping the episodes rolling. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your interest in what we do. Who knew? Eight years ago, Brittany Page, almost a decade ago. That we would still be doing that this? That we would still be doing... <laughs> look, we took, we took a brief break. I mean, in the scheme of things, we took a brief break from, from, from two episodes a week. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're, we're approaching 800 episodes right now. Yeah. So, for the vast majority of our time, we've been doing two episodes a week as an independent podcast while you're working full-time and going to grad school. Yeah. And it's only because of the support and the interest and the love of the audience that we've been able to do so. It really, really is. So we will see you next time. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Until we see you, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.